I'm Jakob Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about cloud adoption. We're chatting about what cloud can mean, what kind of business should consider it, and what is hampering cloud adoption. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how to start your cloud journey. I'm joined by Sumit Singh, Head Cloud Provider Business for Sub-Saharan Africa at VMware. Uh, Sumit, welcome. Thanks, Jaku, and, and thanks for the invite to, to be on your session. I think um, a lot of topical topics there. You know, cloud adoption is kind of ripe and ready. I think it's teeming with opportunities, but what's stopping us? You know, let's, let's get down to the reality of why cloud, where cloud, and, and a purpose behind, behind okay, cloud. So, be, so before we get into that, just yeah. give us a little bit of a background about yourself. So I'm Smith. Um, I head up the cloud provider business at VMware for Sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, been in the industry for 20 years odd, so giving away my age a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, seen a lot, been through a lot. But really it's about enabling uh, localized cloud providers that provide cloud services back to the, the territory and ultimately adopting cloud and a bit of a cloud evangelist in, in the industry overall. Okay, well that is a that's a perfect tee up. So so that leads me sort of into my first question. Sure. So so uh, um how would you describe what is what is cloud for business? So so you know I I always joke if if you you ask 10 people what's the definition definition of cloud, you're bound to get about 15 answers, right? <laughs> so cloud means different things for different people, right? But ultimately for me it really speaks to an operating model whilst the technology is is the underlying platform it really speaks to what cloud can achieve for business you know um, every company that you speak to nowadays is is on some level of a digital transformation journey right so trying to enable a remote workforce i mean covid's led us into that that new world, yeah. that new norm. Um, so enabling a remote workforce, we've got companies that are trying to have an omni-channel presence, um, imp- yeah, I mean, improve employee experience, improve customer experience. So where does cloud fit in, right? So, so cloud is not digital transformation. Cloud is an underlying enabler to digital transformation. So everything that you want to achieve as a business towards digital transformation, towards um, adapting and having a competitive edge, that must run somewhere. And where is that somewhere? On some piece of infrastructure. Cloud is that underlying, that underlay, that underlying platform that enables that digital transformation. So I think cloud is is often conflated with digital transformation. I see it as the underlying enabler to digital so, transformation. So on that note, um, and, and I chuckle a bit, uh, last week I had a, one of our reseller partners that inquired about a customer mm-hmm. who small, very uh, uh, SME business, about five or ten users, and um, the owner of the business, uh, they busy. They, they were sort mm. of working on on everybody's laptop, you know, just sort yeah. of individually. And uh, they now want to centralize all of their data. But uh, the the MD of that business was insistent there has to be a box in his office. He wants to see lights blinking. Uh. So so I assume the uh, the cloud component of that is is, is the, those blinking lights is not going to be in your office. So you know, I, I and and I'm, I'm going to be a bit controversial and I. Say this, but I think you know the, the the days of what I called the the tin hugger mentality. You know, tin we, the tin hugger mentality.
reality where you wake up in the morning and you, you go down to your server room and look at the blinking lights and ad- admire the red light that says something's wrong and then go ahead and fix it, etc. That has been relevant and, and has seen its, its time. And by no means am I saying that everything is going to go cloud and everything is uh, apt and ready for cloud. But I think we're going to see a fundamental shift um, in terms of cloud adoption, but it speaks to a fundamental shift in terms of IT or cloud now delivering business value versus IT or cloud being the blinking lights that sits under someone's desk mm. or in the corner purring on and consuming floor space power and cooling. Right? It, it's got to deliver business value. You know, I, IT was um, in, in previous years the, the very unforgiving business. You know, it, it was something that we assumed would be running and would run very well and only came to the fore when something went wrong and then it was a major outage and everybody was panicking. Um, so, so with that said, you know, it, it's, it's about a fit for purpose approach, right? It's, it's got to be why cloud more than I'm going in cloud. You know, cloud's been, um, you know, given, given a bit of the bash, you know, because we've seen many companies fail at cloud adoption. Yeah. But I think we can, we can really unpack why that, that failure. Um, I'm, I'm going to leave a bit of a, a question here, Yaku, right? I, I often deal with multiple CIOs and multiple uh, businesses, and, and I often hear the line, I'm taking my business to the cloud. And, and I often rebut, but why? What, what's the purpose behind taking the business to the cloud? And I almost want to flip that narrative to say, isn't it really about bringing cloud to your business? Isn't it about bringing that benefit? Isn't it about bringing that scalability, that agility, that um, high availability, redundancy? And I know that may sound like a bit of buzzword bingo, but isn't it really about bringing that to the business versus taking this approach of I'm taking the business to the cloud? So I think it's a bit of a different narrative really for me. I, I like that. So, so um, I, I talk on the show often about technology religion. So, yeah. so sometimes you walk into a business and – the we sort of uh, we're not that enterprise uh, you know high mm. enterprise focus so so I always talk about the IT guy that guy um, and um, when you walk into a customer and that guy says to you listen don't talk to me about anything other than Microsoft yeah and then it becomes difficult because you go but um, we're not talking brand or vendor we're trying mm. to understand what the business value is and you you said such an important thing now for me is is, is I, I wonder if we had to if we had to poll that if if, if um, and let's call it not even mm. at an IT or a, a you know IT manager CIO level. We had to go to the to the top top execs of a, of a business and say, what is the reason why you did what you did? Uh, if they would be able to explain the value of that. So, so this is often often the case, right? Is that we tend to be very tech or technology focused, right? And it's beyond the technology. You know, I mean, if if we go back to to our, our Traditional way of operating, right? We, we speak of um, people, process, and technology in terms of putting down a strategy or putting down um, an operating model. But for me, it really boils down to purpose, right? Why? Start with why. Why cloud? Why cloud adoption? Why a certain technology? It's got to be a fit-for-purpose approach. Not everything works everywhere and is fit for everywhere. You've got to be deliberate in terms of why you're doing something and what you hope to achieve from it. 
But this is the rub, right? Legacy companies or, or traditional companies that are running traditional IT, so the blinking lights in the basement, are left with a bit of a juggling act, right? And I, I kind of call it the CIO balancing act. So on, on the one hand, you've got all the applications that have serviced and, and currently run the business, right? So your legacy three-tier application, system of record, you know, um, be it mainframe, be it whichever technology stack. And that serviced the business and serviced the business well. And then on the other hand, you've got this need coming from your CEO, CDO around digital transformation. And I also want an app and I also want app modernization and uh, distributed workforce. Where does that leave a CIO? He's now got this balancing act of, I still need to maintain what's servicing the business today. And on the other hand, I've got to do all the sexy cloud native stuff that, that needs to service the business in the future. How do you balance the two? Right. And, and this is the conundrum that most CIOs are facing. Where does cloud fit in? Cloud becomes that underlay that unifies the old world with the new world. You know, this shift of owning assets and owning infrastructure rather towards consuming IT and consuming infrastructure. That fundamental shift of capex to opex to consumption. You know, these are these are business decisions. We haven't even touched tech. Yeah. But tech, tech will do what tech says it's going to do. Correct. It'll do what it says on the box. But it's everything above that layer that needs to be determined before we start making choices around this cloud or that infrastructure or that vendor. Okay, so now to bring that into our world, um, into into the catalytic world where we traditionally address the, the small to medium enterprise right. space. Uh, the bulk of those customers have some sort of third-party IT resource that they utilize, an outsource provider mm-hmm. of some sort, that IT guy that we back now. Yeah. Um, and what uh, what I see a lot is that it's the tendency of people. So, so my analogy that or my example mm-hmm. that I always use in the in the show is is I'm running an accounting firm in Centurion with three people, and we uh, maybe have a small branch in Durban and Cape Town. And the minute Anybody talks to me about tech, I just go like, I don't understand it. I don't mm. understand financial. Mm-hmm. So where does where does that leave uh, this SME industry in terms of in terms of knowing where to go? Because um, I think again, coming back to your to or to the technology mm. religion type scenario, uh, uh, we I still see it today. Very surprisingly to me, but I still see it today that somebody bought a server because it's a specific brand. Not even what's yeah. the support on it or the life cycle or whatever you want to call it. It's just, uh, oh, well, I'm familiar with this brand and, and my IT guy said I must buy this, so I bought that. So where does that leave this SME sector in terms of understanding where to go to in future? So you, you rightfully pointed it out, right? And And it's... It's around this, to, to an extent, brand loyalty, right? And, and, and the level of trust. I mean, from, from a VMware perspective, we, we've been come to known as the, the trusted foundation. I mean, we, we pioneered virtualization some 20 years back, which was way ahead of its time, even at the time, right? Yeah. You know, this, this idea that you could run multiple workloads on a single piece of infrastructure, way ahead of its time. But we've since also transformed as a business and, and also started to embrace this idea or this notion that it's not only about the tech. And, and the fact that it, if we speak of SMEs and, and partners and the partner ecosystem, companies really need to partner with the right IT partners and the right cloud providers to take them on this journey. I mean, using your analogy, an accounting firm is not typically concerned with what the IT is, where the IT runs. They're concerned with the function. What can I do? 
can it can it achieve what I need to achieve from a business perspective? Can I open my laptop in the morning and log on and do what needs to be done for my end customer? It's immaterial to them where that happens and how that happens. And that's where a cloud service provider comes in to simplify that journey. Because they've seen it. They've got the battle scars. You know, they've got the skill set. Because skill set is, is another topical topic that, I mean, you and I can spend an hour on, right? Skill set. Especially post-pandemic. It's a, it's a mass, massive issue. I mean, the, the, the mass resignation, you know, has, has seen a skill set shortage, right? And that's where cloud provider or managed services providers in the SME space come in to assist companies and assist businesses with their digital transformation and with that cloud adoption journey. So, so it's no longer about the, the tin. It's no longer about the infrastructure. It's around the function. It's around and, the business. And that almost now says to me then, then maybe the mindset or the thinking should be maybe the guy that's been servicing me for 10 or 15 years is maybe not the guy that I should be chatting about what mm-hmm. the future looks like. You know, maybe get a balanced view. Uh, or is it time for the typical traditional IT guy to start thinking with the business hat and no longer about the bits, the bytes, the speeds and the feeds, right? It's now got to be business has a requirement. How do I, as CIO or the IT guy, fulfill that business requirement? Okay. And it may not be about buying the next piece of tin that does that, but it may be around how do I put a strategy in place that puts that cloud adoption? How do I put a um, the right fit for purpose approach to achieve that business agility? So the IT guy himself is very quickly transforming in terms of the role he traditionally held into a more business IT driven approach. So I, li- I like what you're saying there. And then I almost want to also then um, turn that around and say as, as that SME owner consuming that service you must expect something more different from your IT guy don't don't just keep on beating the same drum 100% and and okay. and, and and this is where and and I mean we can get into it in terms of where kind of traditional IT or archaic IT as as I sometimes call it is seeing that fundamental shift right it's no longer just the CIO or the IT guy, or the group IT manager's decision. It's actually got to be an organizational shift, an organizational change. The CFO has to now be aligned with IT spend habits. You know, I mean, there's no point the IT guy saying, we're shifting towards a consumption and, model. And that's, that's semi-onerous. Sorry, I, I yeah. want to interject here, but that's semi-onerous. So the CFO also can't be, behave like a traditional CFO where they just say, just bring me the cheapest price. I, I want to cost as low as yeah. possible because the CFO have to understand what the impact on the business is if that application is not available, not working. So Quite right, Jakub. Quite right. It, it, it's that fundamental paradigm shift almost. And, and, and note how... This entire conversation, we're not even talking about the technology. No, you yeah, right? haven't even started. It's really around businesses adapting, businesses adopting, and businesses transforming, one, the way they view IT in the business. IT is no longer liability to business. IT now delivers business value, firstly. The fundamental shift of now consuming IT in a way that makes sense, both financially from a security perspective, from a connectivity perspective. There's so many considerations. It's no longer it, – it, it was easy in the past when it was a server room yes. and you had your tin under the table and you, you took care of it. 
But now with, with the advent of multiple hyperscalers in country, localized cloud providers, the choices are endless. But with that choice comes big responsibility. Exactly that. Um, so, uh, so, so let's go. I don't want to say into the tech, uh, but mm-hmm. um, so if I'm if I'm now my small business, my accounting right. firm, what would the benefit be for my business to go into the cloud? I think the fundamental shift is you worry about accounting. Let someone else worry about the IT, and and I think okay. that kind of sums it up, right? Your core focus as a business is accounting. It's about performing accounting functions for an end customer. You should not be concerned as an accounting firm about whether a server is up and running, whether the network cables, whether something needs patching or around owning infrastructure and renewing support and maintenance and the headaches that comes with IT management. You get to offload that or shift that to an IT services partner or a cloud provider or a hyperscaler that now takes care of that whilst you focus on accounting. So so if we talk about adoption then Right. Uh, let, 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 let me put you on the spot here. If you had to look in in uh, South Africa or Sub Saharan Africa where your mm. territory is um which type of business or what percentage of business would you say have, have really adop- uh, embraced that cloud adoption? So, Yaku, I think from, from an Africa perspective, and, and I always joke and say, Africa is, is unique in its own unique way, right? We, we have our own unique challenges when, when it comes to, to IT and cloud and cloud adoption and, and the likes. And, and what I've seen, um, I mean, over my period is there's varying degrees of adoption, Right. And, okay. and this really speaks to the maturity of that company in terms of their IT strategy or their cloud adoption strategy. So on, on the one hand, we've got the, the new tech startups or, or the new companies. And those are typically what I call born in the cloud. Right. They, they've never known traditional IT and, and infrastructure is a commodity. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's an assumed resource that is there and runs and you consume it. So, so the born in the cloud are all in cloud and, and they've started that journey in terms of inception of their business. So, so they're quite far along in, in that journey. Okay. Um, because they never had to deal with legacy. Yes. Right. The typical kind of existing older companies. Can I, sorry, can I interrupt sure. you there? Is there a point where that born in a cloud will get to a stage um, and say, okay, maybe, maybe all in cloud uh, is not, is, doesn't work for my business? So, cloud repatriation is a reality, right? It's, it's something we, we, we shudder when we think about it, <laughs> but yes. Cloud repatriation is a reality. So we, we've seen companies go, I'm all in with X cloud provider or X hyperscaler or, or whatever it is. And soon enough, we start seeing workloads moving back to on-prem or moving back to a localized cloud provider. And that's where I go back to you've got to be deliberate about how, what, where, and when you want to adopt cloud. And really, it's got to speak to that strategy. Okay. Repatriation is a reality. And as scale builds up, so too does complexity. And now a lot of new considerations start start teaming up, right? When you were a very small entity, it was easy to do five or ten workloads in 
in a hyperscaler, yeah. for instance. It, it's that's all well and good, but it starts becoming really complex when you start thinking about, okay, what about security? What about data sovereignty and data residency? What about interconnectivity with? I've got some in. Hyperscaler A, I've got some workloads in Hyperscaler B, I've now got this multi-cloud sprawl. What about cost management? Yeah. How do you control costs in different places? So, yeah, I think we, we're going to see a bit of this kind of two steps forward, one step back, and, and, and I think it's got to be a bit fluid in terms of of cloud adoption and cloud management. But, yes, it's, it's complex. And I, no one said it was going to be easy. They just said it was going to be worth it. Yeah. Definitely so. Um, so. So how much would you say is the cloud uptake in South Africa? I think South Africa is, is kind of far beyond what I've seen in, in terms of the rest of Africa, which to me screams that Africa or the rest of Africa is teeming with opportunities yes, right, yeah. in terms of cloud adoption. And, and I believe we're just at the cusp of, of cloud adoption. right? From a South Africa perspective, the advent of multiple hyperscalers that have moved in-country over the past five years really speaks volumes in terms of where we are from a cloud perspective. Um, if we think back some, some five or ten years back, who would have thought we'd have the, the big Azure's AWS Oracles, Google Cloud, Ali Cloud, Huawei Cloud, VMware Cloud providers sprawled across South Africa. But here's where we are now, right? So I think cloud adoption is definitely uh, on, on the upswing, on the uptake in, in SA. However, I think there's still a hesitation in terms of companies that still have that traditional IT mindset. So when we speak about inhibitors, for me... Yeah, that was my next question. What What is hampering it? Right, when we speak of inhibitors, it's that traditional IT mindset. It's that tin hugger mindset. <laughs> it's that I need to own the asset and I need to own the license and I need to have control. So from a VMware perspective, we've also recognized this and, and, and we believe in, and our ethos centers around the power of and. So it, it's... It's about control and freedom. Why relinquish any one of the two? Yeah. It, it's got to be a balancing act. You, you, yes, you want control, but you also want that freedom to be able to do some things in some places with a certain outcome. And if it doesn't work, that opportunity to bring it back home, to repatriate those workloads. So I think cloud adoption, I think once we move past a lot of kind of the archaic IT models, We'll see cloud adoption start ramping up. So, and then if uh, in my in my business now, what what should I do, or, or what can I do to to overcome this sort of uh, lag? So I've got mm. my IT mm. guy that's been with me for fifteen years. Yeah, he is not, and, and and I think you and I have spoken about this this in the past as well. I think the the thing that you said earlier around IT that has to sort of uh, become less technology driven, more mm. business driven, I always refer to to the the it, it's it's massively difficult um, for for those guys because traditionally they grow up in the industry by fixing outages and problems. Yep. To go from that. Um, almost like a fireman mm-hmm. to now go and and become, I almost want to say a fire inspector to say, okay, right, I'm going to now think ahead to make sure that this doesn't happen. It's a it's a massive shift. Um, so so what can I as a business do to to overcome this lag? How do I know if I'm ready for this cloud adoption or? So so I think the the 
the main thing is around developing your cloud strategy, developing a cloud operating mindset, and this speaks to an overall organizational culture shift, right? So it's not only about the IT guy and the technology. It's got to speak to every level within the organization, right? It's got to be the CFO on board with this idea of now spending differently and IT spend being a bit different, you know, this, this fundamental shift of CapEx to OpEx to consumption, this shift from, um, kind of IT spend versus IT consumption, you know, where, where you're consuming it now. And, and that then leaves the CIO and the, the, the IT guy in a position of, I'm no longer the firefighter that's worried about you know, the, the, the next outage and the next server that went down or the next storage array that's not available. But I'm now concerned around what is the lag time to my end customer? Can the end customer still access those resources? Yeah. Are we adapting? Are we scaling? What is the availability? He needs to now be concerned around security, uh, risk, data sovereignty. So, so the, the adapting of that guy is now moving up to a higher echelon or a higher tier of thinking. For sure. Versus bits, bytes, speeds and feeds, right? So I think where, where companies are, are finding it a bit complex is around they've been sold the dream and sold the promise of what cloud offers and that it will answer in most cases, most of those, um, th- those questions. However, you've got to be deliberate in how you do it, when you do it, and pulling the right levers. And it's not something you can typically do alone. This is where cloud provider partners come in to help you on their journey. I mean, no one would expect an accounting firm to know what cloud would suit their business best. Correct. This is where you've got to go hand in toe with a cloud provider or with a cloud partner to take you on that journey. Um. And then almost my, my last question before we, before we speak about your, your, your VMware partners. Yeah. So, um, as this, as this accounting business owner, so wh- where do I start? Cause that, that to me is almost a, it becomes so overwhelming and mm. it's almost easier just to default to the, to the usual and go, ah, oh, we'll look at it next year. What's well, revert to factory settings? Yeah. Eh? <laughs> Resort to default. So I, I think, you know, the, and, and, and I'm going to give you almost a bit of a philosophical answer when I say it's got to start with why, you know, why cloud? Why cloud adoption and what do you hope to achieve or what does the business hope to achieve with it? And I think with, with, with South Africa, for instance, teaming with, with all these cloud providers, there's value in testing it out, you know, move some workloads and see what happens. Um, test it out, you know, start with the journey and then consider what you have, you know, but it's something that's got to be iterative. It's not something that you do once and expect it to continue. It's got to be cyclic. It's got to be something that you put on a strat and in three months or in, in, in six months' time, reevaluate where you're at. What you see now for me is, is, is probably one of the most fundamental um, problems or, or probably hampering factors mm. to this, to what we're discussing now. Because I think if, if you look at it um, for 10 or 20 years of my business, um, I didn't have to do that. I knew every four years or five years I bought new servers and I could mm. charge a lot of money to set it up and then there we go and, we, and we're good again. And now in this new world, I'm almost getting pushed into a direction where I'm now going, okay, I've got to 
I've got to be on top of this and I've got to yeah. review it every six months or as my business changes and all that stuff. To me, I think that's almost the fundamental it's, it's challenge that you put out there. Yeah, it's something that's got to be iterative. It's something that's got to be cyclic. It's something that you've, you've got to keep control on. Um, I mean, we, we've all heard about cloud cost sprawl. Um, you know, back in the day it was um, you, you, you were contained or confined by what you purchased. Right, so you bought X amount of um, infrastructure licensing and capacity, and that would be the bounds that you worked in. Yeah, right? you, you couldn't. If it's not that. enough, you can't go past these. If it's not enough, you got to buy another one and yeah. scale. And yeah. and you you had all of that control, and but you were limited to what you purchased. What that left you with was this kind of, and and I want to use the analogy. You know, you, you had to buy in the hope you'd scale into it. Right, so so you kind of overspent and yes. overprovisioned, in the hope that you would reach that. Um, challenge with that is, by the time you reach that, if you reach that, uh, sorry, but that's now end of life, and you've got to buy the next new shiny <laughs> piece of tin and upgrade the next piece of licensing before you move on that journey again. Yes. Cloud now gives you this kind of open uh, plethora of places that you can do things. But with that comes the responsibility of an open checkbook that can now run into, you know, amounts that you never budgeted for. So, so what we're seeing is this new discipline that, that's kind of evolving around cloud management and multi-cloud management. And, and that speaks to, uh, fundamentals like security and compliance, um, cost management as a discipline because you now need to control these things. Um, it's got to be around right sizing and right scaling. Things that we never needed to really think about before. Exactly that. You know? We actually we actually have that in our in our own business now. We we, we still have a premise based um, file server, mm-hmm. but it's exactly like you said. It's been sitting there. Um, it's it's had capacity, and um, the, the what the one thing I like that you said now is the discipline component. So historically, because of that, uh, the infrastructure sitting there, the data just. Builds up and builds up yeah. and builds up, and now if you now need to make this mm-hmm. this jump into into the next phase, uh, you can't just go and um, replicate what you have on site because all of a sudden you're looking and go like, that's very expensive. Yeah. But the discipline around managing what data, how you what data you have there, and copies on copies on copies mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff, um, it, it does require a, a, a shift in the business, and like you say, sort of touching it more regularly. Also, you know, there's there's a common misnomer in, in the industry that when something moves to cloud, the general hygiene of IT goes away, right? And, and that's a common misnomer, right? You've moved it to a different place. The discipline around where that is still remains the same. Security is still uh, an important Even factor. Even more so, yeah. Even more so, right? Security is still an important factor. That still needs to be patched. It still needs an antivirus. All of that, it still needs backups. That hasn't fundamentally changed in any way or form. The destination or the residency may have changed. And, and I'm talking about typical um, virtual machines and infrastructure as a service. But the underlying hygiene and maintenance of that still remains the same. Um, you know, so, so what you basically, uh, hygiene is now a very nice word. So what you're basically saying is your typical IT problems isn't just going to go away. It's in a new place. Yeah, it's a new place. <laughs> It's in a new place. It still needs the same management, right? But you're also now seeing a skill set shift, right? So yes. whereas you had a 
a server engineer and you had a storage engineer and you had a network engineer, you now need a cloud engineer. You now need this fundamental shift from specialization towards generalization again. Somebody who understands everything to make the entire ecosystem work versus phoning the storage guy and phoning the network guy. It's now got to be all of them either working together in, in harmony or a generalist f- focused approach to trying to make everything work, right? So as much as things have changed, they've stayed the same. That eh? sounds like it's uh, it's magical people that it's, uh, I can understand why it's hard. But this is why the skill set debate comes in, right? Where do, you, where do you find these people? You know, where are we grooming these people? It's got to come from somewhere, yes. right? And, and, you know, the mass exodus of skill set and, and youth out of our country isn't helping that situation. Correct. Yeah. Right? But this is where cloud providers also come in because they've got that skill set. They've burnt their fingers. They've got the band-aids. They know what works. They know what doesn't. And they come in to assist you, you know, to, to really make that a reality and make that happen. But touching on an on earlier point around, um, you know, being more kind of more, more sensitive to how we do things and how we do cloud and uh, how cloud adoption happens, you've got to really take a few steps back in terms of evaluating what you have and also a fundamental decision around how you're going to continue with what you have on-prem whilst you do this cloud adoption, right? So there's there's something that in, in the industry we call the, the migration bubble, the double bubble, right? Bubble. And, and the double bubble comes in in that you've still got on-prem that you've got to support and maintain. You've got this cloud adoption and cloud uh, kind of migration strategy going on, but now you're sitting with double cost at that time. The longer that journey takes the more extended that cost becomes. So it's multiple considerations. You know, I'm, I, as I said, no one said it's going to be and, easy. And that comes back to, to what, what you consistently said from the beginning. You've got to do it for the right reasons. If, Quite if, right. Uh, for me, I think if anybody thinks they're going into the cloud purely to save costs, I think they, they are on a non-starter. I, I think the cost, wrong reason. cost can't be the only consideration. Yeah. Right. I mean, yes, cost can be. It, it's. I mean, we we when we talk about it, we we talk around the buzzword bingos around cost management and availability and scalability and resources on demand and and all of those things. But you've got to keep control and you've got to keep tabs on it at any point in time because before you know it, that sprawl can go out of control, and then it's 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 cloud getting a bad rep for mismanagement. Of my uh, of managing the migration, it, it's not cloud that should be getting the bad rep. It's us that need to be deliberate in how we do it. Um, I'm I'm going to 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 throw throw an example out there, Yaku, not not to challenge you, but for instance, we we all guilty of having some cloud drive, right? Be it a, a Dropbox, a Google Drive, or any any one of those. Um, how many of us do backups of our data stored in any one of these? Cloud drives. It's probably not common, and it goes no, back. I think to everybody just expects it's going to be. If it's, it's an in, assumed. It's in one of the the big tech companies, it'll be fine. It'll be fine, right? But that's no difference to your file server, right? Yes. You have backups off that server, so it's again speaking to that that narrative of this misnomer that the cloud is all unicorns and rainbows. You still need management there. You still need to maintain it there. Nothing, as much as things have changed, 
they've stayed the same. And to me, that comes back into to partnering or working with the right company that that can give you all of that direction. Um, Sumit, um, if if I now want to go and have a look and see who the who your cloud partners in South Africa are, is there a place where I can go do that? So you can go on via the VMware website. It's cloudsolutions.vmware.com, and we've got a list of cloud verified partners that typically speak. To this entire topic, right? You know, they typically speak to be it cloud adoption. Um, they address data sovereignty requirements from localized cloud providers. In fact, I think that's probably another episode for us. Yeah, yeah around definitely so. Cloud sovereignty. Yeah. I mean, it's a hot topic at the moment. Yeah. You know, regulations, regulatory requirements, um, things that we never really needed to worry about before. Now becoming a very hot topic. So I think we'll definitely do that and maybe you know, bring in one of your your, your cloud partner or two of them. Yeah, and and, and have a chat that. around that because there's there's so many laws now governing data. You know, there's there's um, the Poppy Act. There's the new National Data Policy Act that was launched last year. There's a lot going on, and and that's where I believe cloud providers come in to kind of debunk this. Take out the myths around it, take out the fluff around the cloud, excusing the, yeah. the analogy, yeah. but start to make it real and start to make it something that's worthwhile for companies to, to embrace. And, and I mean, the cloud can do everything it says on the box. It's a matter of what do you want it to do. Exactly that. Okay, cool. Sumit, thank you very much. I think that was a lot of food for thought. Um, like you said, uh, we should probably do a whole series of programs because there's just so much information to unpack. Yeah, no, so happy, happy with that, Yaku. And thanks again for, for inviting me to be on your show. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember, you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central app or website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And um, if you're looking for help with communications tools in your business, please make sure to visit catalytic.co.za.